Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. Welcome to A Special Place in Hell, the podcast where an aging Gen X author and a self-hating millennial activist come together to thoroughly and conclusively solve our culture war problems with our combined wit, wisdom, and most importantly, lived experience. I am the aging Gen X author, Megan Daum, and with me is the self-hating millennial, Sarah Hader. Hey, Sarah. Happy holidays. Hi, Megan. Um, what are you doing for your holidays? I am celebrating. I am duly celebrating. Now, as a as a person, as a faithless person, do you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or anything else? I really like Christmas. Um, like the idea of Christmas. I think I think it's the best holiday. Oh, I love it. Totally. Of any holidays. Yeah. I yeah. think of any faith tradition, any like that this is the best holiday. Um Getting presents, that's great. Giving presents, that's great. Santa is a good little myth. Mm-hmm. The, Wait. What? Uh, yeah. Well, you think it's fake? Sorry. All Megan. right. You got to um, you got to do the work. You yeah, got, okay. You're not quite there yet. Um, um, but yeah, that that whole uh, the uh, Christmas cheer, I love it. Uh, all of uh, everything about it is, I think, great. It's warm. It's fuzzy. It almost makes me wish. I was born in the Christian tradition, so I could just oh, like I fully, you know. But I, I feel comfortable adopting it, and I, and I have adopted as as much as I can. Um, you yeah. know, and the exchanging presents thing I do as much as as much as I'm able with friends and stuff, and that's that's really nice. I love giving gifts. I love it. I love <laughs> like yeah. thinking about a person and be like, what would they like, and like getting them something that. I really think they could get benefit from. I think I'm a terrible gift giver, though, ultimately, because I can't get out of my own head and I just give them a <laughs> Wait, book. That they can get benefit from? What do you mean? Like you give well, them a Peloton? No, well, no, no. <laughs> oh, that's a really expensive gift. I would love it if someone gave me a Peloton. Um, <laughs> you would I would be just offended? Dist- I, I would be a little offended, but I would also be extremely happy with like this really expensive bike. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I love I. I I love giving gifts. Uh, so I love, I love Christmas. Yeah. I love Christmas because it's all about decorating. It's oh, a big yeah. home decor holiday. And as somebody yeah. who loves real estate and interior design and home decor, it's my favorite, favorite. Mm-hmm. And I love the and music lights. of Christmas. I love the mm-hmm. lights. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. yeah, last week I was in New York and I went, uh, went down to St. John the Divine Cathedral and heard a, Christmas concert of the of the choirs and uh, they did some wonderful pieces it's full orchestra so that was I always I always get a little I love it. teary I, I love that love mm-hmm. Christmas music yeah listening to Carol of the Bells mm-hmm. being played live was and I, w- I was in fifth grade and the high school orchestra or something had come to play and they played Carol of the Bells for the elementary schoolers and I loved it so much. I was like, I'm, this is what I, I have to play. I have to learn how to play an instrument. And that's, that's why I signed up for orchestra. What instrument did you play? The viola. Oh, really? We haven't discussed yeah. this. Yeah. I played the viola. Not the violin. 
The viola. Not the violin. I loved the way the viola sounded. I actually would have done cello, but it was just too big for me and I was like too small. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was pretty pricey too. It was, it's way more expensive than a viola. So yeah, I did a viola. Yeah. That I um, have been wishing lately that I had played the violin because I played the oboe as I've, uh, Oh as really? I've about. Yeah. You seem like oh, a yeah. band kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I was, well, no, no. The oboe is not in the marching band for sure, because it has this reed. You can't march with a double reed instrument, but my parents were so competitive about music and they didn't want like they wanted me to be the best at everything. So they kind of made me play the oboe or they strongly encouraged me. And I think their rationale was that there would be fewer oboists. So the competition would be less. So I could Mm -hmm. get in like the all state orchestra, which I did. No, I was very, Oh yeah, no, I was very competitive and serious. I took serious oboe lessons from a, you know, New York based professional. Oh, and I wow. Was miserable. Wow. But I was miserable because you can't continue to, you can't play the oboe casually because you have to deal with <laughs> yeah. the reeds and you have to, you're always very exposed. You can't, I, I would have loved to play like a, a string exposed. instrument. Exposed. So what does that mean? Of, meaning there's always a solo. So, like, if you play a string instrument, you're kind of buried in the section, right? You're not, mm-hmm. it's not like this mm-hmm. high anxiety thing. And so, with the oboe, there's always, solos popping up in the middle of symphonies and and you're always exposed meaning like not a lot of instruments are playing when the oboe i mean you kind of some people solo want that. was happening that's what yeah you know, that's what but it was want. if you want to be a slacker not that you were i'm not saying this not saying at all string players are slackers but it, like i would love to be able to just play like in a community orchestra now oh and i yeah. you can't do that with the oboe not only are string players that. not slackers they're like it's all the asian kids like that that's what the the, 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 I know, the band but... was like the white kids and the the dorky white yeah. kids. Well, they're and the, the like orchestra. The yeah, I know. <laughs> and the do- and the, Actually, they're the... not in cells because they're all getting it on the band kids. The, so, oh yeah, the that's the other thing. They're all they were all um, extremely sexually. They were sexually active, active or like, truly active. Yeah, um, but the orchestra kids were not sexually active. Uh, the orchestra kids were the Asians and the Indians and like South Asians. Um, and a few white kids sprinkled in here and there. Uh, it was tough. It was a tough, you, you kind of yeah. felt like very, it was very intense. Like everybody was practicing and everybody, yeah. you know, everybody did like the Suzuki school from when they were four and, right. you know, and, and you had to compete with that. Um, but uh, that's a benefit of being a violist for the same reason. Um, uh, in, in that not many people play it. Like all the, the Asian kids want to do violin and, very few yeah. people choose viola, so you can be like first chair of viola and be worse than most of the violin, most <laughs> like of the last chair of violin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, it's so a good workaround. Yeah, yeah. The viola. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I don't know how we got on that. I love, I love Christmas music, and I love, uh, I love decorating. So I got my got my tree up. I got uh, some some decorations. Just having some lovely evenings, make a fire, look yeah. at my tree, hang make out, a little, make mulled wine. It's so nice. I yeah. love it. I, yeah. Great, so uh, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm trying to decide if I should have a little, little holiday party. Uh, mm. I might. Are you a good cook? No, but I am a great party thrower. Mm. I love to get people together and I love to like get my house ready and I love to like entertain but i hate to cook but i can i can work around that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah uh anyway 
All right. Well, uh, speaking of gifts, we had a, a a real gift in the form of Penelope Trunk, our uh, our guest on our previous episode. People had a lot yeah. to say about her. Yeah. How did you think it went? Well, I loved it. I knew the episode was going to be great after we we recorded, and we kind of sat on it for a while because we knew it was special. And uh, she's a she's like an ideal guest. Because she just like if we we think we're unfiltered, but she yeah. puts us to shame. Yeah, yeah, she is um, a very unique person. I've never met anybody that even talks the way she talks or with the kind of cadence that she has. It's interesting. Maybe I've never met a woman with mm. autism, but I think there's something <laughs> I, special. I, I suspect special you have, Sarah. Yeah, I suspect right, we've right. both <laughs> met women with autism. Each other. Look in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. Okay. No, apparently yeah. not. We failed the right. aut- autism test. Neither of us. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I found I found that a little surprising because I I don't think I'm autistic. No, I don't. I don't think I'm autistic, but I do think there's something wrong with me. Um, <laughs> you know, not not like morally, like biologically. You just think you're like you know a little saying? like a little aloof. Like, but there's uh, no like there's some. Yeah, some something. It's like biochemical. It's like it's something. It's a hardware related issue. You know what I'm saying? On some level, maybe it's it, maybe it's not autism, but it feels like it's something. Um, and hmm. you don't think you don't agree? Well, you know, I've heard you talk about how you have to like force yourself to act a certain way, like around women, especially. Like I think we were talking mm-hmm. about giving advice, and you said that you. If somebody asks for advice and they don't really want advice, you have to like force yourself to say like the acceptable thing. You're kind of giving yeah. yourself a script, and the way you've described it does sound a little spectrumy. And the other thing was that I don't, um, you know, I I played with boys a lot when I was younger. Yeah, say more about that. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, it's it's not not to say that I didn't play with girls either, or didn't do like the dolls and house and well, ugh, babies I thing. Hated, like I hated dolls. Hated. Really hated. Oh my God. Only hated? like stuffed, only liked stuffed animals. Really, I would Why? I would throw my dolls against the wall. I would Why? abuse them. I don't know. Why? I just hated them. I hated baby little fat stupid baby dolls, <laughs> and I only and I hated. Ugh! I never wanted. You've to hated have like babies a, since you were. I a always baby. did. No, the, exactly. I hated myself. It was internalized uh, baby baby phobia. I was baby phobic, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I just love. I loved stuffed animals. Though, like, I anthropomorphized them. I, they all had names. They all had personalities. They all like, yeah. And I loved okay. doll houses, but that was my real estate mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so sorry. Go ahead. You, you. Yeah, so no, you, I, you, I you didn't with like trucks and boys or what? No, no, with- no, no. Okay. <laughs> I. Well, you so might I, be trans. I, I had a ton of um, toys in in Pakistan when when I was a kid, um, and my family was like better off there. So we were we were well enough well off enough that you know, I had lots of toys, um, and I remember there being like tea sets and blocks and normal stuff for like a really young kid. And then we came to America and we didn't have enough money for a ton of toys, so I didn't have a ton of anything. I had like one doll and it was some Barbie that somebody gave me and like Ugh. one pair of you know one like it was kind of like a kind of bleak from that perspective. Oh, that's but so sad. other Only people's one Barbie. <laughs> One Barbie and it sucked. It was a terrible Barbie. I hated that Barbie. It was so pink. She had this pink dress. It was so short. 
She was blonde. She was super tan. She had like, oh, she was super, like a little slut. She was like a little, yeah, she was a little How are you even allowed Barbie. to play with her? Was I have it? no, why was this? I don't know. I have no, nothing made sense about why I had that Barbie, but I had the Barbie and she wore the shortest dress and it offended me <laughs> as a religious kid. I was like, I don't know why she's dressed this way. It was like a little strappy wow. little dress. Did you, did you reenact like date rape scenes with her? Like she uh, was asking for it in her, in her short skirt. Walking along. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think I knew enough about date rape at that okay. point. But yeah, you know, I would have said if I had, I would have said that she was clearly asking for something. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. So I had one Barbie, and then I. But I. What I liked was Legos and mm. like Play Doh. And according to my mom, that was my 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 favorite toy was Legos. And I played a lot with boys. I had young like a lot of boy like friends who were boys, and we would play video games together and Game Boy and talk about pokemon collecting pokemon cards and that kind of thing and not a lot of girls were super into that yeah um especially the video game thing i i think that that was that was a very it was sort of alienating experience from from the other young so you would play okay so but wasn't gamergate based on the idea that girls who played video games were receiving sexist treatment from video game playing boys no, it w- it had nothing to do with them interacting with each other. It was like games are sexist because okay. of, you know. And did I mean, you I, find I, that to be the case? I didn't play those kind of games. And I don't know what I don't know what they're talking about. I think the the video game industry is actually very like there there's powerful females in there. They're just like scantily clad, you know. Yes. Oh. Um but other than that, there there's lots of like powerful women in video games all the time. And it, 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 I can't think of another industry that has that many female leads. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Not like, real. Because they're, well, they're not real, but like somebody's making those women. And it's it's a bunch of men who are creating these powerful women and writing these stories about them, you know? Um, I mean, people have, there's a couple of games, video games out there that are very, like known to have a certain vibe of misogyny Um and like grand theft auto kind of thing and everyone focuses on that but the video game world is like it there, there's so many more games out there it's it's kind of strange to focus only on that and and on nothing else anyway hmm. um yeah so that's what i did so that's why does that make me autistic or does that make no i don't think that makes me autistic. well but it makes you a little bit more masculine because didn't penelope say that you shouldn't go to school you should play video games and that's why yeah, boys I don't know how right she is play video that. games all day are successful. But this is why you're such a big success because I because you play, play no, video I, games. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know about that. I think I understand what she was saying in terms of that it teaches you certain skills that you don't get anywhere else. Um, as to how valuable those skills are, I don't know. I mean, are these you know are the way the way to judge the success of that is to is to see are young men successful in the modern world? And I think the answer to that is no. And we touched on that a little bit, you know, and she didn't really have a huge, like she didn't have a, I think a satisfying response to that, but, Mm -hmm. but it's certainly true. Right. I guess, especially the ones, the ones who continue to play video games are the prototypical unsuccessful ones. Video games are a hard thing to break out of. Like they're extremely, they're just extremely, extremely addictive, um, mm. especially if you don't have much going on in your life. Um, but they're so, uh, 
they're literally crafted to keep you in there. And the worlds are increasingly like so immersive, so interesting, intellectually challenging. You get to live a life that you don't live. And, you know, I, I mean, there's why, why go back into the real world? And I think a lot of young men are choosing that route. Um, there was a thread from uh, Alice Evans, who is uh a visiting associate professor at Yale. And she talks a lot about gender on, on her Twitter. And she, she shared um, a, a, like a week or so ago, a thread based on the work of uh, <clears throat> Eberstadt. How do you pronounce this? Do oh, you, you Nicholas know Eberstadt. Yeah. Yeah. Eberstadt. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he, he wrote this, this work called uh, men without work, uh, post-pandemic edition. And it's really interesting. It just talks about this phenomena of a huge chunk of men in their prime working years not working. And they're not volunteering. They're not going to church. They're not taking care of family. They are playing, like, as she says, playing Call of Duty stoned, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of them are getting disability. That was another thing that came up in his book. I haven't read the book, but I talked about it a little bit with Richard Reeves, who wrote Mm -hmm. Boys Mm -hmm. and Men, who who I had on The Unspeakable. And uh, Nick Eberstead actually did a great interview with Matt Welch. Uh, I think it might have been a reason, part of the one of the reason podcasts in in any case. But yeah, and, and he makes the point that, I mean, unprecedented numbers of people and especially men are on disability and not working for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And white men, overwhelmingly white men, you know, who's working the most are Hispanic men like by miles. Yeah. 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 I, um, I haven't read the book. I read Alice Evans thread about it and looked into it a little bit. And um, it seems to me that there's a powerful connection between having a family and children to look after (laughs) And, and, you know, uh, oh, and, being and not having to work. That. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, that it, it's about, it, it, I think that's a very, it's a, it's an interesting way to put it. It's technically true. You're being forced to work, but, uh, either your life can be about pursuing pleasure, which in this case means video games, like the easiest mode possible which is getting stoned, playing video games, living with your parents or, you know, mooching off of like some more established family member um, or building your life, a life for yourself. And yes, being forced to look after those people. Uh, oh, I didn't mean but, that in but, a negative you know, way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know. I, I know you didn't. I, I know you didn't, but it, it, I think a lot of people do have that attitude because I, you know, shared that thread and I talked about it a little bit and l- lots of, um, Lots of, it seems like young men that were responding to the conversation around it were very much like, well, why should I work? Working is a scam. And, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, like, like, man. and support, support what? Like to support a woman who's not going to clean or cook or whatever. And, you know, and, and it feels to me that these people don't know anything about real relationships or real women. Like they just get all this information online about how families work or something you know and, well and, the manosphere it's the the woman is out to screw you over that's the message yeah and some of it is just cope like i can't get a woman also i'm too lazy also you know i'm not gonna make that first step i'm not gonna um and and it's so shocking to me to see men in the prime of their lives 
saying stuff like this and saying it unabashedly. You know, I think it used to be a source of shame to say that I don't want to work. I don't see any value in it. I, and I'm going to live in a, in a way that is most pleasurable for me. And, you know, uh, it, and that's that. Yeah. Something's changed. But, okay, what do you think? I'm thinking of, um, like, there are men that I know who have, like, working class jobs, like trade jobs in the trades, and they're in unions. And they work really hard, but then they, like have it sort of set up that they can take months off or they have these incredible disability benefits. And so they'll kind of rig the system so they can get like mm-hmm. go several months getting paid and like they're doing it because they can. I mean, it's actually in their mind, they would be stupid not to do that yeah. because their job comes with these benefits and they can use the time maybe to take side jobs or maybe to spend more time with their families or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then you can kind of get in, you can see why some people would say this is the problem with unions. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely an element of that. And even in, in Eberstadt's, like, it, it seems from, from his analysis, again, I haven't read the book, just read about it. Um, he suggests a work first principle of social welfare. So he seems to identify that as a contributing factor, just that, that you can get, you can get access to to some funds through other, other means and that we need to make that a little bit more difficult or to have tests for that that are a little bit more stringent. Yeah. Yeah. So I would be curious what Penelope had to say about that. Um, another thing that she – so I think one of the things with the some of the responses, people were frustrated because Penelope was saying things that um, <laughs> seemed to them patently untrue and like in some cases we didn't push back. I just I think this is probably true of you too. I wasn't like really pushing back because in some cases it would it just seemed sort of obvious and and I I kind of just was was taking her comments almost like a like a thought experiment. Like what if we looked at it this way? It's not necessarily the reality, mm-hmm. but it's worth thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think it I for me it was it's it's I found a value in the approach, which was unique and, and like clearly unique and entertaining. Um, and I did find it, it did challenge me. And I think some, one of the common commenters, um, let me, let me find the comment, but I think it was, it was Emily who noted that she said that um, she, she found it was, it was, uh, it was interesting that, that she challenged challenged us I mean yeah a lot of people were saying they were like yelling at the you know they were listening Mm -hmm. and they were yelling back and saying no 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 shut up and then a few minutes later they'd be like huh no actually she has a point (laughs) and that was sort of my my reaction too I should say I mean there are so many the the discussion about this in the comment thread is is amazing and fascinating so if if you're not a paid subscriber you don't have access to those comments uh so people should really, really yeah. The comments are great. I get in the action. I love these comments, and I love uh, the the. I, I feel like a lot of the times I get like ideas for what to write from these comments oh. because they're so good. But there's, um, you know, uh, the way I'm, I'm looking through the comments now. Um, you know, like yeah. So while you're looking, I can just say like uh, somebody was sort of, you know, confounded because. Penelope said something like men 
don't murder in the home or something like that. Like if they go out, that they if they want to murder somebody, they go out into the world and they don't murder somebody <laughs> yeah. in their home. And you know, as she yeah. was saying that, I was thinking, well, okay, but in domestic violence situations, that's that doesn't apply. I I, I think it was pretty clear that she was not talking about domestic violence. Like she was sort of putting that as a separate entity, and she was talking about you know, murderers, <laughs> murderers yeah. out there. And there are more men than women who are like murderers in the world. But I think that some people were like, what the hell? Like, what about it's all the men really who kill their wives? It's really easy to, yeah, yeah, right, right. right. And I, I, I had thought of that as she was saying that, I I went through that same like line of thinking. Like I was just like, where is, wait, what about domestic? But but it, yeah, she's talking about out of murderers, <laughs> How many of them murder, you know, their like families and how many murderers. of them? Yeah, like out not of just, female not just, murderers. Yeah, right. right. Like who who do they primarily murder? You know, and um I think she's I mean, I don't know, but I haven't looked this up, but it intuitively doesn't feel um wrong to me. At least in, in terms of like male on male violence, that's men are killing yeah. other men primarily. Yeah. So it's it's definitely not their wives and children I mean, first and foremost yeah, to be sure men who are violent outside the home with other men are likely to be violent in the home yes right okay. right right a, but a her point was is probably also a domestic doer of domestic violence yes but she was not talking about that phenomenon i think her point was an interesting one it was what do you focus on what 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 do you care about the most is the way she put it but i think you could also yeah yeah you could also say what what do you focus on more than anything? what is um, the thing that runs in your mind all the time? And I guess with men, it's fighting with other men on the streets. <laughs> that's yeah. what challenges Like that's what their passion. I think she was talking about yeah. passion. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was a good point, actually. Um, even though obviously, yes, men abuse women all the time and kill women all the time. Oh, it was it was Jessamy who said that um, commentator named Jessamy who said that she enjoyed how Penelope brought a different side of me and you out um, that for a while she thought we were f- frustrated and annoyed, but then she realized we felt challenged by Penelope. Did oh, you we feel were, challenged what, by her? Um, In a way. I mean, you know, I mean, nothing not, I not manage. Yeah. Uh, I just, I didn't know what yeah. to expect. There's that. Uh, I mean, I certainly wasn't annoyed. Not no, at all. No, I mean, no. we, we invited her on the show, so. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. the experience. Um, maybe there's, but that, not everybody would enjoy that experience, though, also. No. I like it when she was talking about what was wrong with us. Because I can't, as a, as a, you know, internalized. She didn't get me right, though. She doesn't know enough about me. Well, she doesn't yeah. know enough about either of us. That's the right. other thing is. So Do you some, feel, have you been thinking about it? What she said about how you need to f- give love and receive love? Yeah, but I mean, that that actually, to me, I think she's smarter than that. That sounded mm. a little boilerplate. Mm. And I want her, I'm, it, you know, it was clear that this is stuff she's thinking about herself. Mm-hmm. She's working through these things mm-hmm. on her own level. So I would be, mm-hmm. I would love to have her back sometime and maybe we could delve a little bit more into mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. um but yeah i think you and i are both reluctant to divulge too many personal details of our lives uh and a yeah. couple people said that they wished that we would be more that we would say more about that kind of stuff but, yeah yeah you know. i um i i think it was uh an outrageous episode, but in a good way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
All well, I and, can and sometimes yeah. in a bad way, but also in a good way. But I mean, that's and I will outrageous. just, yes. And sometimes a way of giving love is granting somebody their privacy and not mm. talking about them. <laughs> Podcasts. <laughs> okay. So one thing I will say, her, I disagreed with so much, right? In the sense of I literally doubted the truth of it, maybe. In some ways, but not in others. We couldn't go into it at every instant. But the cosmetic surgery thing. She seemed to find cosmetic surgery kind of ineffective at actually improving your appearance or in a way that other people could tell. Right. So if you're a six and you get cosmetic surgery, you will remain a six. But like maybe a 6.5 or a 6.6. Yeah. Right? Like something like that. Yeah, I don't think that's true. It depends. Look, it depends on the quality of the work. Right? Hmm. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, I think that there's probably so much that goes on. If you are in a mode to get, like, significant plastic surgery, you're probably also going to be in a mode where you're, like, getting in shape or getting a new wardrobe or changing your hair. Like, you're you're in sort of makeover mode. Yeah. And you could, like... Potentially improve in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So our commentator, Nicole, I like her. She is, uh, she had a long comment about this. Um, uh, and she said she's, she was fascinated by the argument that Penelope made about the ineffectiveness of cosmetic surgery. Uh, as someone who's had a ton of cosmetic surgery, rhinoplasty, chin implant, buccal fat removal, <laughs> Um, Go Nicole. It makes, it, yeah, it makes intuitive sense to me that it would not impact how others perceive you, that a six is always a six to use the dehumanizing 10 point scale. It absolutely resonates with my experience. I refer to it as tinkering around the edges, meaning that the surgery can't make an ugly person beautiful, no matter how much they have done. Uh, which That's interesting. Hmm. Wait, she says it cannot. It cannot. Like tinkering around the edges. So you're not going to go from ugly to beautiful, but maybe you're going to go from ugly to less ugly, which I feel like is worth it if you're ugly. And also, if it makes you more confident, that goes a long way. It does. That yeah. can make you kind of beautiful. Yeah. 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 So, or it just behave in a way that, you know, I'm hot and, and, and like walk around with the, yeah. with the I'm hot or attitude. If there's something that bothers you, that can mm-hmm. really like, I think probably be a damper I feel, on your life. I think it, 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 it can be really great if there's like a very obvious flaw that if you just tinkered with that flaw, you're going, you're going places, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't have a really, really one super wrong feature, <laughs> you know? Um, so well, that's, it, that, mo- that people can see, I mean, they could, most people could tell you what their worst feature is and they really what they're worst but not but they're perceiving it that's yeah worst relative to everything else on their face but (laughs) i I mean in the sense that the kind of person that can really benefit from plastic surgery is one that is good looking in every way except they have like a terrible terrible nose like the worst possible nose and that's and then they fix the nose and then they're beautiful yeah i mean that's the other thing that's a fallacy that you know the idea that insecure people get plastic surgery well that's not true at all it's the most confident the most ego-driven people that get plastic surgery because they want to be even better yeah Mm. like the idea that only the these kind of sad sacks um like you know real self-loathing people get plastic surgery that's not really true because if you were that down in the dumps you probably wouldn't even motivate uh hmm. it's people they want to be better yeah because the like, yeah the, yeah yeah no, yeah it's, it is LA, a quest for it's improvement like they look amazing yeah. and they keep doing it and they keep doing it and they keep doing it 
I definitely, yeah, I, I've, I've had this conversation like with like lots of my friends and, and, and like family members, like, of you know, what should I get? And they're like, oh, you're so, in- why are you so insecure? You're so pretty. Why are you being so hard on yourself? And I'm like, I'm not being hard on myself at all. Like, I don't think that's, I, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's. Yeah, you're being a striver. Yeah. Like if there's something that you tweak a little bit and that helps and it, then why not? I don't see, I don't see why not. It doesn't make me feel differently about myself. It doesn't make me feel as if I'm degrading myself or devaluing myself or, or that I don't, uh, yeah. you know, you know, it just feels like you're being realistic and you, yeah, you want to be better. So I don't think there's, um, the only, <laughs> yeah, my, the, my big fear is that I would die during the surgery and then it would be super embarrassing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, well, right. So th- that's a reason not to, that, that's the right. number one reason for yes. me not to get it. Fear of death, like a humiliating death. Yeah. And then, but, but also I hate hospitals. I doctor's offices. I all of that. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. I don't want to be in that environment. And then you might have to be in that environment for a long time. If you really get screwed up, you know, then you're there yeah. forever. You're I mean, it probably mostly it doesn't. So did you have the thing when I was in high school, there was this thing where like somebody would say that they had a deviated septum and then they would, and go, then get a they, would, job. they would yeah. get a nose job yeah. and then they would come back and they'd be like, Oh, I had a deviated septum. It's yep. like, Whoa, a lot of people around here have deviated septums. Yeah. It was just the, it was the already very pretty and rich girls who would have deviated septums and would get them all fixed. And then they would have, and they'd be like, I can breathe better, but you know. Okay, so that was still going <laughs> okay. on in your time. Yeah, 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 definitely, okay. definitely. But but just at the the tippy tips of of high school society, you know, the mm. us poor's at the bottom, nerds weren't interested in that kind of stuff, and also you know people who couldn't afford it obviously weren't talking about it. But yeah, well, these are people I, whose parents, parents were paying for the yeah. septum surgery. Yeah. I think that's really strange, don't you? Like for a parent to to. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think there, I know parents who's like, you know, they said, I know mothers who have said, I, I have a big nose and I got a nose job. So I'm going to pay for my daughter to have a nose job. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, e- e- you're helping your daughter be a, a striver, like in, in the, from that, with that model we just set up, right? Like, so in that perspective is good, but I kind of feel like the role of parents is to be that voice that says you're perfect, you know? Yeah, but like, I, I don't think the role of parents is you. to be like, I know, but I think it's psychologically important. Yeah. You know, I think it's because my parents are not like that. Like my dad is kind of like that. My mom is not like that. My mom is like, here's, here's what's wrong with you. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, she's always been like that. Yeah. About yeah, like, yeah. she's like an Asian mom. Parents? Yeah. She's an Asian mom. She's Did like, she she's tell very, you how to fix it or what to do? Um, from, from her perspective, I think the thing that was most wrong about me, which I couldn't do much about was how dark my skin was, but she's, this is again, Ugh. Asian aesthetics, like, like, by Asian, I mean South Asian. like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like, so she, I think she felt that that was the most wrong thing about me. I don't know if her views have evolved a little bit since she's been in America. I think her sort of shadism has, has improved. So I don't think she thinks it's so hideous anymore. But um, I know that she thought that and she would say that. And it, it, I remember her saying something about how, like, it was good that I had a green card when we got a green card. um, Because that would be like a hook for men who otherwise wouldn't want to like 
marry me or whatever. Oh my god, that's yeah. horrible. I'm sorry. So people, that's, I, so, that's awful. Again, I, mean, I, I don't know if it's that horrible. It doesn't make me feel because this is just my relationship, you know. So I don't feel that horrible about it. But I see the value in having a parent that's just like you're beautiful and magical and perfect. You know, I I I think that there's no one else is going to give you that. The world is a good place. You know, the world will bring you down. So I don't know if it's like <laughs> great have to, to have, have those girlfriends. Well, except what about those girlfriends who are like, no, you don't look fat in those pants. You look amazing. See all the things you would never say because it just doesn't you, sound. This it is doesn't what you seem have to program yourself to say. It doesn't seem honest in the way that it can come from the from the from a perspective of a parent because the parent a parent does have that weird like I love my kid no matter this unconditional sort of feeling towards their child and so they can sort of turn that mode on and just run with it and it feels it feels honest um I don't know maybe uh, but the parents, especially mothers, if they have something that they hate about themselves and then they see it in their daughters, it's impossible. And my mom did not have this problem. It. My mom is light skinned. Yeah. I'm dark skinned. Yeah. So I was, so that's like a pretty uncommon thing, I think. In, and it's not well known outside of the South Asian continent, like subcontinent, but it's uh, dark skin is very unappealing in women um, in India and in Pakistan and Bangladesh. Um, you're just like low class. You're like a, basically you're like a farm, you're like a worker Mm -hmm. out in the fields, you know? And, um, it's just very, very unfeminine and, and looked down upon. It's looked down upon with, uh, on, on men too, but not in the same, not in the same way, not Mm -hmm. in the same degree at all. Um, with women, it's huge. It's a huge problem. And if you are, if you are light skinned, you can be, you can have whatever kind of facial features you can be grotesque in every other way. <laughs> but if you are really, really light-skinned, you will get, like, top marriage prospects. It's crazy. It's crazy um, how how important, like, light, 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 light skin is um, yeah. in the subcontinent. So I always had that. That was how I thought of myself when I was a kid. I was just like, okay, well, you know. But this is you're true. Ugly, you're ugly. Like- what are you going to do? This this is true uh, in like African American communities as well. Yes, I mean it is light yeah. skin hair it's, and the you know hair straightness and all that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it might be worse in South Asia actually with Africa because there's a lot of like this other political element about you know blacks and whites and like slavery and all that and we don't have that same kind of hang up mm-hmm. um, or or it's not that extreme like there's colonialism but it's not that extreme of a hang-up so you don't have that pushback um against that kind of behavior but i think that yeah they do have it they do have it and in india there were like all these bleaching creams and stuff that were very very popular Mm. among women they were like the number one beauty item were these creams that promise to lighten you and i remember putting that on when i was like four i found like a oh two and i was like putting it on yeah I, I didn't know i was like okay this is a thing to do um and you know and and i it's weird because i'm saying it now and it sounds really fucked up but it didn't seem fucked up at the at the but time how do you get it you had to put it all over your body how do you get it to yeah be you put, well mostly your face you really have to if your face is very important right. and your hands i guess no one's going to see the rest of you covered up anyway but um, face is very important to have like nice light skin face because it's just a, it's just the worst po- dark being dark skin is the worst possible thing beauty wise if you're a woman fat skinny hairy ugly nose none of that none of that matters the way mm-hmm. 
skin so this this is white supremacy many would say yeah all those many are idiots it has nothing well but actually but wait but how is it not because basically because it's really saying that the standard of beauty is whiteness it's existed before there were white people on the subcontinent it's always existed it's classism that's what it is it's classism because you're out the, in the fields. Yeah. So there the isn't some people, kind of baseline, like human, like sort of just like on a cellular level, a, a worship of whiteness. I, yeah, That's, I don't think so. I, I think there okay. might be a preference, like a human species wide preference for lighter skin in women relative to men. I think mm-hmm. that might that might be true everywhere. Um, but but the extremes to which South Asians go, I think that's a lot of that's a lot of classism and that's baked in like very deep. Of course, like colonialism didn't help, you know, like having this like society conquer you and then install themselves as, as you know, your rulers. Like obviously that affected how people felt about this thing. But but I don't think that that's that's not to blame. Um, it will go away, I think, over time in the way that it kind of went away in you know like we had this worship of tan skin in the united states and like as like a leisurely thing oh well i was gonna say Um, like you were rubbing that stuff on you the skin lightener and i was rubbing self tanner all over myself yeah yeah i remember i remember remember when i went to college this was the most this was such a shocking experience for me even though i knew you know i had been in america long enough that i knew that american beauty standards are not like pakistani beauty, beauty standards and um, you know, I knew, I knew that that was different, but I remember my, uh, really beautiful roommate. She was this, she was so beautiful, like perfect looking, perfect face, um, long, thick blonde hair, like beautiful body. And she would literally, it was so bizarre. She would, she would go to a tanning bed every, every other day. And then she would come back from the tanning bed and grab my arm, pull down my, like, my my or pull up my sleeve and put her arm next to my arm and like her goal was like to get as dark as me um and like compare her arm with my arm and i thought it was so bizarre did you tell your mother um my mother would not have believed me if (laughs) i told her because she just can't imagine that anyone can find it appealing um yeah I, i always i was just uh a little bit stunned by that but the benefit of growing up thinking that you're kind of like like pretty gross is that when you find out that you're not that gross it's nice you know no it's very uplifting it's very inspiring yeah Yeah. but also you know it makes you think you it makes you think of yourself as different from your appearance which is important you know it's important like as an ego preservation thing to be like okay i'm not i'm not my you know ugliness i'm i'm something else so when you lose yeah you're it's not like women who have been beautiful their whole lives and then when they start to lose their looks it's a huge crisis yeah um so buccal fat removal we were talking about that earlier yeah nicole has had so Um, this is something that uh i have to say i was only hipped to this like in the last week because i don't watch uh, i'm not on instagram so i miss a lot yeah. So do you want to explain to us what it's that is? Problem. It's when you suck out the fat from your cheeks. If you have like a round little face. <laughs> you mean like you, so it, you can't you don't have to suck in your cheeks all the time. It's just Yeah, automatic. so it gives you this like beautiful bone like it seems like it's bone structure, but it's not it's not. It's just a uh very like 
you know, uh, it's a ver- it's very deliberate fat removal. The negative of that, though, is that um, it ages you. Right. Well, so are so young women are getting this. Young women are getting it. Yeah. And because if you're strange? old, you don't really need it. You don't need it. You don't <laughs> have the fat to. Yeah. But, you're, but, th- that's when you're getting. That's when you're getting fillers. Yeah. See, I don't understand. Are you supposed to get filler? Which direction are we supposed to go in here? You're supposed to get filler. I'm supposed oh, to you. get the the. The fat removal. All right. People subscribe to our Substack. Become So we can be beautiful so finally. Yeah. So Sarah can get the fat sucked out and I can get it put in. Maybe can we just go directly? Can yeah, I save I money can... if I just take your fat and put it into my cheeks? I, I will donate my fat to you. Absolutely. Oh. Uh, yeah. And then have... we're like connected. Oh my God. Then we're like we're like blood sisters, but with fat. I think that would be beautiful. Oh and then God. we're beautiful because yeah. we're, you know, oh, we're forever. The, our podcast will forever thrive. We'll always be connected. It's really nice. It is. It's All sweet. Right, really. I'm going to find okay. a, doc- a doctor who will do this. It's a matter of life and death. Okay. Well, thank you for all the comments, guys. They were, they were fun. And, uh, yeah, uh, really smart. smart really, ca- yeah. really candid, funny, smart. We have the best listeners. Yeah, and to 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 get access to this community, you have to you have to become a paying subscriber. I'm sorry, you have to you have to yeah. pay up. It's not very much though. It's total. Bargain. Everyone's trying to freeload these days. Young men are not working. Yeah, nobody's working. Nobody's paying for anything. It's yeah. Well, don't well, be like the price that. of everything is going up, but our thing is yeah. really a bargain. Truly, it is. Yeah. Okay. So do that at a specialplace.substack.com and we will be so grateful. Uh, okay, what else is on the docket? Um, let's see. We had a big news out of Stanford. Um, <laughs> big, big, big news. Uh, there has been a uh, document. There was a document released by... Um, uh, some department, uh, it was called, it's called the elimination of harmful language. It came from, there was something called the elimination of harmful language initiative, E H L I a multi-phase multi-year project to address harmful language in it at Stanford. So it like, do they, that's like internet technology. Like what do they mean by it? Like this is nerds just sort of across the board. Okay, so uh, this initiative is one of the actions prioritized in the Statement of Solidarity and Commitment to Action, which is published by the Stanford CIO Council and People of Color in Technology, P-O-C-I-T, an affinity group in December 2020. Okay, so basically, uh, this is just, uh, this is a list of terms that it's been decided by a committee of stakeholders, whatever that means, that um, they're just suggestions. They're not banning these words, but they're saying if if you're whether or not you're building a website, I guess if you're doing anything like sort of online at Stanford, whether it be your course descriptions or in any kind of like anything on any website or internal document, you should just be mindful of certain language yeah. that's not inclusive. Is that a good summary of what, what this is? Yeah, this is just like a nice little guideline. 
Um, and it, it's not, they're not forcing you to do this. It's not, it's, but, but it's, it's of course, <laughs> but you'll be fired and never but work again. Well, so the interesting thing is that if you have a document like this and you state that these are the important guidelines for making people feel comfortable and safe and secure and, and not microaggressed, uh, you set up a standard of like proper behavior. And then, you know, universities like Stanford have all sorts of bizarre mechanisms for students reporting on other students. Um, if, you know, like there's uh, uh, protected identity harm reporting <laughs> from Stanford where you can you can you can go to protectedidentityharm.stanford.edu and you can report an incident. And when, you know, a community member experiences harm because of who they are and how they show up in the world. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 some student called me this and this is, you know, everyone knows that this is a ba-ba-ba and they used it deliberately. And then they use this other thing. I mean, you set up a standard for proper behavior and then you set up a separate mechanism for reporting improper behavior. Um, I can see how obviously they're connected and it's kind of disingenuous to pretend like, this is actually meaningless because it's obviously not meaningless. Right. And yeah. Okay. Can and we should, I'm, should we go, go through ahead. some of them? Yeah. Can I, can I, can I start with the one I think is super fun? Yeah. And we should say they've been grouped into categories. So, um, you know, there's the category of ableist, there's ageism, colonialism, cultural appropriation, uh, gender, uh, imprecise language. We'll get to that. So, so, the, and it's a 13 page list. This is not just yeah. a grocery list. Okay. This is comprehensive. So yeah. Tell me which one jumped out at you. So the, the one that jumped out at me was, uh, people of color. Oh. When used generically, you should oh. use BIPOC given that this whole thing was created by people of color in technology. Some group exactly. that has, they're committing all kinds of aggressions. Um, Wait, they don't want you to use the term people of color. Generically, yes. They said people of color use generically. That's bad. You should use BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Um, and if speaking about a specific group, you should name that group. So, but, the, but you know, this this POC in IT group is speaking in ge- speaking generally. And yet... Mm-hmm. They have not switched to BIPOC. I, yeah, their their own title extreme. is uh, hateful, is harmful. Uh, yeah, I, and I, trigger I warning is also on the list. Trigger warning is, uh, let me find it here. The term trigger warning itself has been flagged. Uh, and that is that appears in the violent category. So violent language is often used casually and without ill intent. It often involves imagery that may be upsetting to the recipient of such language though we recommend using nonviolent alternatives whenever possible so trigger warning uh they say the phrase can cause stress about what's to follow additionally one can never know what may or may not trigger a particular person now i'm surprised by that because i thought they were going to say it's you know it's it sounds like gun, it's has to do with gun violence and that might be upsetting to people. Yeah. So just this 
Oh my goodness. Okay. So also in the violent category, instead of abusive relationship, consider using relationship with an abusive person. Okay, so that's a consistent here. They don't like to objectify people. They want to sort of have Unless a passive. They're white. Yeah, the relationship does not. Yeah, the relationship <laughs> does not commit abuse. A person does. So it's important to make that fact clear. Um, no, it isn't. Beat- what are they I, talking about? All right, Sarah, please just sit with yourself and listen. Just okay. listen. All right. Okay. okay. Beating a dead horse. Refuse refusing to let something go, and they have refuse. And then in the in parentheses, E slash ING <laughs> to let something go. Uh, the context that they don't like this because this expression normalizes violence against animals. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, crack the whip, double down, work harder. We know what this means. They don't like that because it's unnecessary use of violent imagery that paints the person being referred to as authoritarian or oppressive. Now, I have a friend who got in trouble for saying crack the whip at work. And it became this whole thing. And uh, where does this friend work? Uh, the person works in the entertainment industry. I'll, I won't say any more than that. But the person okay. uh, who complained was saying that it came out of slavery and that it was racist. And it, because slaves were, you know, punished and controlled and beaten with whips. And my friend shit, had honestly. to go through this whole thing saying, no, it actually just comes from horses. Yeah. Yeah. And this went on and on for no, my like the, the, for a while. these people, they're they're just they only know one one episode of history, period. Like that's all they know, and they just their entire perspective of of words is just rooted back to this. And can it possibly imply anything related to this? And if it does, so many of the words here that have nothing to do with slavery are being you know it might possibly could kind of be interpreted in a racial way and therefore it's not okay lots of stuff that includes like white list white hat you know all this stuff it could it could maybe connotates that white's good and black is bad and this is bad and we're idiots evidently and we can't tell the difference between so the, are we going to get rid of light and dark when we're referring to day and night like what how far how how, how far can we take this ultimately um then there's just uh well there's there, a whole there, yeah Sorry. There are t- a- times that they're just literally wrong too. <laughs> yeah. Well, they also, yeah, they rule of thumb. Uh, they don't like that because uh, they're, they're saying that it, um, th- they say, all, although no written record exists today, this phrase is attributed to an old British law that allowed men to beat their wives with sticks no wider than their thumbs. Now, now that rumor has been going around forever. And to my knowledge, it's actually not true. That's a myth. That's like an urban myth. Yeah, there's balls uh, to the wall, oh. which they think means something about like like the anatomy balls, but I don't think it does. No, it's an it aviation to... term. It's an a- yeah. balls to the wall. It has to do with the throttle on an airplane. It's an aviation yeah, term. Th- there's something about like it, who did this? Who wrote this? Okay, let's go through some of these, and you be honest and tell me if you've ever if you've used them lately. Black hat. Okay. So that, I mean, unless you're actually wearing a black hat, assigns yeah. negative connotations to the color black, racializing the term. So consider using um, malicious, criminal, or unethical hacker. Black mark. Okay. So consider, instead of black mark, consider using something that is held against 
one a person black sheep black bald black box black listed all of those are problematic assigns negative connotations to the color black well they notice they don't have in the black which is positive right meaning Mm -hmm. that you are Mm -hmm. no longer Mm -hmm. in the red Mm -hmm. you're in the black you've or whitewash as bad right Right. They don't have whitewash uh, because, yeah, I mean, obviously, like it's bad to whitewash something, but it's not in here. Yeah. They don't, they have red team. Red is often used disparagingly to refer to indigenous people. So it's used in this context can be offensive to some group. So consider using cyber offense team. <laughs> okay. Uh, uppity. Okay. Well, this to call a spade a spade, I don't. Yeah, that's. I I don't use that expression anymore. Just out I, of self preservation, but. Um, you can't say. Stupid. You should well, say boring or uncool. Do they say really? Okay. Uh, uh, they're taking all the words away from us. How am I supposed to insult people? I don't want to call them uncool. That's not what's wrong with them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, killing I mean, it, we... killed it. You can't do that because uh, doing a good job should not be equated with death. The term could also be triggering if someone close to the recipient was actually killed. Mm. Committed suicide is not okay, but you, need, you should say died by suicide because it's ableist language that trivializes the experience of people living with mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't say crazy. I think it erases or wild. I think it erases them. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Wife beater. This phrase trivializes domestic violence by associating it with a piece of clothing. Now, wife beater, that to me is like, uh, like a kind of trailer trash thing. Mm -hmm. You never would like, I always associate that with like a white guy and a wife beater t-shirt. Would you ever refer to, a BIPOC as a, as wearing a wife beater shirt, even if that, that is the garment so, that they were wearing. What is a wife beater? It's just like a, without it's like sleeves, an undershirt. Right? Yeah. It's like an undershirt. Oh, it's the, it's the tank top thing. Yeah. It's like a guy like in, uh, you know, the guys in the, you know, the working class white guys in the hot summer, they would. Yeah. I associate the term shirts. with white people, but I, like when I think of somebody wearing that, I actually think of black guys wearing that. Like um, rappers mm. wear that a lot with like okay. just that with like a chain. But they would never they call good. it a. Right. They would not. I they don't would know never they would call, call it a, a wife beater. Maybe uh, they would. I don't know. Um, don't, but there's a yeah. lot of like, you can't insult anybody anymore. You can't say insane. You have to say wild, surprising. But that's you can't say lame. You can't say dumb. <laughs> Lame if you is so can't good. say dumb, what? No, you well, you can't say retard, but I knew that. Um, yeah, that's obvious. But so white but that paper. That was a great word back when we were allowed to use oh, it for sure. Spaz. I loved it. Can you spaz say spaz? Was a good one? Spaz no, is so good. No. You sh- you have to say clumsy. <laughs> you have to say clumsy. All these good words, man. Uh, they're they're just gone. And uh, so this 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 was released and immediately it was just a joke. Everybody was making fun of it. And Stanford, actually, they they took it offline uh, pretty much immediately. So 
the argument is that th- this is just such a bunch of clowns that it's kind of a non-story because um, this doesn't really, this is not really representative of um, any serious person or entity at Stanford. But as you point out, it's insidious. Yeah, it's, it's, and it, it's actually, so in, in, this was for the IT crowd, right? And so many terms on here. I mean, if they were actually to implement them, like they're, they're, they're used all the time in IT context, like user, you can't use user, you should say client, whitelist, blacklist, master list, master, like the master and child and that kind of thing. Like it's, it's so, they're so common, these words. Um, in you know, white space, you can't, it's, these are, these yeah. are terms commonly used, uh, in, in, you know, it work. And it's crazy that they just, well, can't say crazy. It is, what is it? Surprising. Um, it is that's what, worth, worth <laughs> what wondering about? Say, what, <laughs> it's a wonder that. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole, you know, and I, I wonder, like, pe- people say that there's nothing harmful about this. I was, um, there's a whole set of things you can't say to imply, like, uh, negative things about Indians, I guess. Or, and sometimes it's not even negative things. It's just if you say Indian summer, say late summer instead, oh, because yeah. it infers that Indian p- people are chronically late. I don't know if that's oh, what that, no, I don't think that that's infers not what that at all. comes from. That's not Indian what that means. Summer? Yeah. That's just, yeah. Indian summer is when it's hot in the fall. But I don't know what yeah, that has to it, do with native peoples. It's ridiculous. That um, they're late? <laughs> Sarah, that's even that's racist that you would even think that. I the, never Yeah, these people, I mean, there's some words like Indian giver, I guess, that they have negative And like, wandered off the but, reservation, you can't say anymore either. Right. Which, and okay. uh, you can't say uh, Pocahontas on the war path, uh, low man on the totem pole, powwow, spirit animal, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. None of, uh, is brave on there? Bra- I was yes. hearing the brave yes. is on there. Okay. Brave as a noun. Yeah. But not like brave as. I, I not stunning it's... and brave. You're allowed to say something yeah. is stunning and brave. If somebody yeah. points out a racism, then you're allowed to call them stunning and brave. Yes. Okay. Yes. But you can't use it like capital B brave. You can't say, can't say bury the hatchet or chief. You know, so so the thing about all of this is, is that it's actually, it's a part of American history that we have absorbed the words of the natives as part of our language and it's american language it's not the english of yes. the english you know like it's not it's not their english they don't recognize these words they don't understand them but when we say wigwam we mean something um and that's part of our history and our culture like our collective history and culture and you know it, it, these these people who just get so upset about the usage of these terms they they don't think that they're erasing this group from our collective memory but that is what they're doing you know, because they, they are part of America. They're part of this language. They're part of us coming together in this little soup. And why why should it be that we pick out pick out the words that are native in context and not the words that are Italian in context and German and whatever? Like all those white people, you know, like populations that came well, in. Well, because we can America. handle it. See, this is the thing. It's so racist. Because it's what so you're racist. saying is that these people are beneath us and they are 
marginalized and so they're fragile and they have less power and so we need to protect them and they are not grown-ups basically they're children that's what you're saying because you're punching down by saying anything about this group you are automatically punching down that is so racist that is the definition of racism it is deep it is deep racism and it 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 also there's an ignorance of these people as real people you know you've never met anybody Who's, I, I experience this all the time because South Asians who are not woke don't think the things that woke South Asians do. Woke South Asians are a teeny tiny minority. Nobody else thinks like they do. They think the opposite of these people, the opposite. Um, they don't have this concept of appropriation. They love it when white women wear saris. Like, love it. Absolutely love it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or listen to Bollywood music or say these. They just love it. Um, but it, it's it's the, the wokes that can't stand it, which is a tiny, tiny percentage of the population. So it's, there's a, there's a, let's forget about everybody else and focus on the, focus on the person sitting next to me at my, you know, at the conference table and how I can make them as comfortable as possible because they possibly could be kind of offended. But, you know, it is, it is erasure, you know, saying that we can't use these, especially the native thing really upsets me because this is something this is American history. I liked that when I was learning about American history, like in our history classes, we start with the natives. You know, we start with Native America and how, like, Native America, I mean, whatever, but in America prior to um, the settlers, colonization, yeah. whatever, right? Like, but we start by that. We, this is history. This is the history of the continent. This is how it began. And these were the peoples. And this is how they, this is their, uh, you know, governance and whatever. And I, I liked that, you know, because that was the proper historical context. And that was that is the history of America. So these terms to pull them out and say that they belong to this specific group and the rest of us can't use them is actually to set it is to otherize them in a very like distinct, clear and crystal way. And in a way that makes you feel as if you're a very good person for doing it, but you're 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 isolating them and erasing them. Ultimately, you know, it's. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's but. it's also a way of uh, protecting your job or justifying your salary. So the Wall Street Journal Journal article on this noted that uh, for um, f- at Stanford, OK, for every basically 17000 students, Stanford has 2288 faculty and 15750 administrative staff. So that's just under a one-to-one ratio, student to administrator. So there you go. Follow the money. So they're looking for stuff to do. Yeah. Um, We need to find a way to get these people out of the And we're paying these people and and the tuition is what? You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, So anyway, that was, that was amusing. Yeah. I'm going to try to find my own special word to be offended by. You know, you can't say killing it. You you mentioned that killing it. You have to say doing a great job. The only way that people talk about podcasters. Oh, they're killing it. They're killing it. Job should not be equated with death. (laughs) But Uh, it's also assuming people don't under, it's like, it's like you are too stupid to understand context. You, the well, triggered yeah. person, Context are too stupid. Context is white to, supremacy, Sarah. It's, no one thinks like this. No one is 
no one is seeing the word white in every in the term of like a whitelist and thinking slavery. No one is thinking that unless they are. Well, they are. But the thing is, we are now because everyone's just obsessed with this and thinking about it all the time. It's like every uh, these people are, are walking around like on eggshells because they've been programmed to see everything through a racial lens and a violent one and a harm doing one. I mean, we talked about this, I think in our earlier episodes, like, do you think about race a lot more now than you all used the time? To? Yeah. All yeah. the time. I mean, th- and this was, I don't remember thinking about it as much as I do now. Um, and I, I think that's true of everyone, everyone that I talk to about this kind of stuff, they just feel very, racially conscious these people are these people are harming our you know our our unity as a nation but also they are harming the 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 racial progress uh that they claim to care so much about doing it yeah i think we should consider them as genuinely not just haha funny stupid look how stupid they are and these dumb words and what a joke that's not just a joke yeah. They're having an effect, and that effect is a bad one. And we should treat them as if they are racists. Yeah, they're really rolling back the clock. They are on the wrong side of history. They are the ones. Well, uh, yeah. So what should their punishment be? How would I punish them? Um, I would make them learn how to code, except they couldn't <laughs> use the word user or whitelist or anything. And they just had to find really long, absurd like, workarounds. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the uh, kerfuffle about the New York times crossword uh, looking like a swastika? It did look like a swastika, didn't it? Though? Like it always does. <laughs> I mean, you can see a, I mean, this is like people with DC, a Jesus Christ. On the first day of potato. Hanukkah. Yeah. But, the first day yeah, come on it was is it the not, most important it was day? not intentional so. it was not intentional which but. day of hanukkah is the most important day of hanukkah you're asking me well i mean i don't know you live in new york i don't i don't more than i what do you think that i what's the most important one yeah like is it the first really day that's know. the most important day or the last day is the most important i thought day? hanukkah is like not that serious of a jewish holiday i feel yeah, like it's all about I it's all about like, like People competing want with something. Christmas, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's you can't kind of win. A, no one can bone. win. It's like you, th- you know, they someone like throw us a bone kind of thing. That's, yeah, no, no, no. But there's it's a losing. It's a lo- you just shouldn't. You never compete with Christmas. No, you're, you're gonna lose. Yeah, don't. Christmas is like the Joe Rogan of holidays. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. never, you'll never, you can't compete with it. You'll never get rid of it. There's nothing you can <laughs> do about it. If you don't like it, tough shit. Doesn't matter. Never, it will never be stamped out. So there. Um, all right. Do we have anything else? How long have you been going on? For a little while. Yeah. We've been going for um one hour and almost twelve minutes. So nobody's complained about the length. They say they want they want even more. That's really Get a Hard life, people. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. a lot of people sure. are saying that they were listening while they're cleaning their houses. So. That's what I do with podcasts too. So I get it. I, when I'm driving, <laughs> I'm doing the laundry. We should I record while we're my... cleaning our houses. Oh, that, that would be, be in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. this does I, take up a lot of time. 
Yeah. Well, I am drinking a little bit, so that's kind good. of a... That's good. Good for you. Yeah. You're not. It's too early for you. It's like six. It's too early. Yeah, it's too early. That's not too early. I, I would start... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> start drinking. At I four. haven't been drinking. I've been on a drinking vacation. So. Really? Yeah. Why? I just feel like I got kind of outgrew it. Really? Like for yeah. forever? And I think just I drank enough like for drinking. one lifetime. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, just for now. Yeah, we'll see. And that's it. They're just, just like sober. You're just uh, not doing anything. Yeah, just a little, else, little it... experiment. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm doing a lot of blow. Doing okay. That, doing that. Okay. All right. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Good. I was a little worried yeah, about yeah, you. Don't worry. But that's, yeah. um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do a little bonus content and then we'll get on our merry ways. Yeah. And, uh, is there anything else we need to tell people? We're going to talk in the bonus content. We're going to talk about, uh, Tim Robbins, uh, coming out as the first, the first, uh, person in Hollywood to to speak out in a heterodox way, I have to say. So I think it's kind of a big story. So we're going to be talking about I mean, that. Uh, Kanye, MIA, are you just... Um, oh, sorry. Ra- you're I mean a respectable... I mean, I mean a white person, okay? Oh, okay. All I mean right, a white right. liberal yeah. person talking about, oh uh, talking about how vaccines are uh, maybe something we don't know everything about. Uh-oh, Megan. Uh-oh. Yeah, Tim Robbins of all people. Okay. So, uh, I don't know who be that is, but you can that. tell me about you don't, who that is. Okay, no, no, no. You I don't mean, know I don't, who Tim I don't. He's just is. Some, he's just some. I saw the video. Is some like like he's like, like old some white novelist? Dude. He's some novelist. Really? Is he? No, that's I don't Tom. know. That's Tom. No, Robbins. you said you said you said something about an actor. So I, I right? Oh my God, Sarah! I don't. You know. never saw old Durham. What? He was married to Susan Sarandon. They were like a power couple. Okay. When? Right. Please. All right. Well, okay. you know what? If All you right. want people, if you want to hear the rest of this, become a paying Megan subscriber. yelling at me. Yeah. Okay. Good we'll God. do it. You, 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 it's good. You're only being embarrassed in front of the bonus content people. So okay. You've saved face. All right. Is All there right. anything else? No. Have a have a great uh, holiday. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. If we don't see you before then. But uh, All right. We'll see you in hell. See you in hell. Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other.